Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 143rd edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys again today. And today we're going to have a a discussion topic, an opinion topic around Carolina's backcourt. That being the combo of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. And trying to figure out how much should we expect them to improve how much do we need them to to improve, and how much of or how much how how big the margin of improvement is for them as they make their transition from their sophomore to junior seasons, all while Carolina has their sights on the program's eighth national championship. We have some closing notes with for you guys as well that we'll talk about at the end of the show. But we start every edition of the pod as we always do. With our pod thought of the day brought to you by Raycon Wireless Earbuds. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, even some NFL and college football games, while I'm at work. And it's been great. One reason why is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do so. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. You can trust a guy like me. Raycon's give you eight hours of playtime and even a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. One of the things that I like the most are the the customizable sound profiles, the earbud tap function so I can, you know, flip through a song or skip ahead of my podcast, even the noise isolation thing. I can't hear my neighbors or even my roommates when I'm at home with my earbuds in. And this not all. 
because the earbuds are so great, I even went ahead and got a pair of headphones for my job at the radio station. So I hear my host a whole lot clearer. And even when I want to kind of tune them out, I can sometimes do that as well. Go to buyraycon.com today and use the promo code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's promo code TBPN at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com. Code TBPN15. Really hope you guys have gotten over to Raycon's website, taken advantage of that promo code. As I talked about, you know, I I have earbuds for when I'm podcasting, even got some studio headphones for now for me to now use while I'm at the job doing that radio thing from ten to two. About time. Um so You've now been with using that, my headphones. Yeah, and I had to get some better ones. Um, we wow. now move on to our pod thought of the day. And we may have used this one before, but this one was this one comes from Roy Williams. And today on the radio show that I uh, that I produce, the host that I had on today compared me to Roy Williams, and which is the greatest what a compliment. Dis- what an absolute disgrace to Roy Williams. Maybe to him, but it's the highest compliment and the highest honor I've ever been given in my professional adult life. And also when I went to the website that I used to get my thought of the day, this one was the first one up there. Didn't have to do any searching. They did the work for me. And Roy simply said, you should prepare a path for the child, not the path for the child. And uh, I thought that was a great way to transition into Caleb Love and R.J. Davis's path to improving as basketball players this upcoming season. You know, Dean Smith was famous and made the famous statement that the biggest improvement that you see a college basketball player make happens from their freshman to their, their sophomore seasons. And we banked on that a lot last year with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis in a new offense. It was a big reason why we had a high expectations for Carolina. It's a big reason why I picked them to go to the Final Four. And all that stuff happened after that rocky start and that team turned the corner. And so now Carolina, you know, which which they they unofficially kick off the start of their season next Friday with with their with their basketball celebration live action with with Carolina basketball that means they'll be practicing in the in this in the season now is less than 50 days away and this season they have their their sights set on getting back to the final four in Houston and winning the national championship and this backcourt has been regarded as the best in college basketball and so I wanted to talk about you know how much can they improve and where they need to improve and how much those title hopes really depend on their improvement. But before we do that, I had some stats that I wanted to to, to back up what Dean Smith always used to say. All right, about here you the, go. About that improvement. And so Caleb Love, his freshman year, 10.5 points per game, 3.6 assists. He shot 32% from the field and 27% from three. Not good. He struggled, but it was a freshman in the pandemic season. Mm-hmm. Add in Hubert Davis. Add in a new offense. Add and, in the struggles that we saw from freshman point guards in general under Roy Williams. That mm-hmm. seems to carry over a little bit. And his sophomore season, 15.9 points per game, so over a five-point increase. Mm-hmm. Still 3.6 assists, so he kept the same. But he shot 37% from the field and then 36% from three, so almost a 10-point percentage increase from behind the arc. 
He was also named to the NCAA All-Tournament team and the NCAA All-Region team as he helped guide Carolina through their region on their way to the Final Four. Now for RJ, tough little nut that he is, his freshman season, 8.4 points per game, just 1.9 assists. He shot 35% from the field and 32% from three, so a much more efficient season from Davis. His sophomore year, 13.3 points per game, so like uh, Caleb Love, a five-point increase in his point-per-game average. He raised his assist totals to 3.6. He nearly doubled. He shot 43% from the field and 37% from behind the three-point line. And so those are really those are those are good numbers. I've always said, you know, I want my guys to shoot, you know, over 45% from the field and 37, 38% from behind the three-point line is a very good number, especially the volume that Carolina's backcourt shoots them because now we're not afraid to 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 shoot the long ball and they shouldn't be. It's the, it's the most effective way to play and I think Huber Davis really proved that change of philosophy last year taking Carolina you know, on the brink of winning a national championship. So now let's talk about where they need to improve the most. And this could be individual or it could be collective. And I think I think the one area where they both got to get better at, and it's something that, you know, the, what, what you saw from Caleb Love, or not Caleb Love, but Kobe White as a freshman, even Cole Anthony's times as a freshman was rare, is finishing at the rim. Because I feel like with the way Carolina spaces the floor, they got to the rim frequently a lot last year. But they didn't finish as much. And there's nothing – and it's not always a bad thing when you got a guy like Armando Baycott coming up to clean, to, to, to clean the glass or if you're drawing fouls. But sometimes you need that you know those, those three-point plays instead of just selling for two free throws. Those things over the course of a game, over a season – they really add up. And I think the thing is is that neither one of them are afraid to, to to attack the rim, especially RJ. I think RJ has been naturally just a much more aggressive player since he got to Carolina. He embodies everything we talk about being, you know, from New York, New Jersey, what those type of guards are like. They play with an edge and a toughness that you can't really coach, and that's been the same. But I think really for Caleb – when he when when he would determine last year, hey, I'm going to get to the rim and you can't stop it, he became an, un, an unguardable player because of how well he can shoot the ball from behind the three point line. But he all he didn't always finish. I think if they can get to the rim more this year and finish at a higher level, what that's going to do to the defense is really going to take this offense to the next level and make the game easier for a transfer like Pete Nance or Puff Johnson, Dontre Styles, guys we expect to have much larger roles this year. I mean, look, we want our big still crashing the glass. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, I mean, I I know, you know Pete Nance will be a better offensive rebounder, better overall rebounder than Brady Manick was. Than, eh, than what we you know saw last year from Dawson Garcia. I don't know in the long run. I think Dawson was a guy that never really settled in. I've said it that multiple times. But, I, I mean, look, that's something we talked about that for the last few years. There, there's no doubt. We we have said they have to finish better at the rim. And I think, you know, it showed it, they were able to do that for the most part down the stretch of the season. When they needed to make big-time buckets, they did. And we saw the difference in that. 
Um, I, I think that's that's got to be one of the things that they're focused on moving forward because those easy ones inside, they have to be there. You don't want to have games that were as difficult early in the season last year as, especially, I mean, you look back at some of the early conference games, that was a big issue. Remember Boston College at home, that was, that was one of the biggest issues in that game. Carolina has to be able to, to finish better at the rim, and those two guys are really where it's where, where it starts. Um, they, you know, they're they're guys that when they get in the paint, you've got to be able to finish those opportunities. Because yeah, you're right, they're drawing the fouls, and uh, you still want them to be able to do that. And look, there, there will always be times where one doesn't go, but it seems like for the last couple of years, more times than not, that has been an issue for Carolina. And look, it's not just them. We've said that with we've even said it with Armando at yeah. times, but I think that for them to take it to an, to, to the next level and for them to because we've said it both when they play downhill that's when we think they are at their best because mm-hmm. it just opens everything else up. If you can start consistently finishing at the rim, man, this is going to be an offense that from the word go, and I think that's the key. Last year it wasn't out of the gate; it was. They stepped it up when they needed to, and credit due to them. But make it a little bit easier on yourself. Open those three-point shots up a little more because you don't have a guy like Brady Manick that, man, he takes that one step to the side, opens up space. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to replace that guy. Pete Nance, granted, he's improved as a three-point shooter every year that he has been in college, but you don't want to rely on it as much. And if you can get those easy buckets, you want to be able to get those. So, yeah, no doubt that's got to be one of the things they they look at it and and want to improve early on. I think another area, and some of this last year was really dependent on the fact that Carolina was playing six deep in the the NCAA tournament. They got to be better perimeter defenders. And, And by that, I want to see more aggression. You know, it made a lot of sense last year why they they lagged off the ball because they couldn't afford to get in foul trouble. They were so invaluable to Carolina's turnaround that they couldn't afford to be out there, you know, trying to pick the ball up right at the timeline, playing, you know, 40 feet away from the basket. And this this was something that when you go back to, to when I ranted back during January of last season when Carolina was getting blown out at Miami and at Wake Forest – it was because we couldn't contain the dribble, and then our whole entire defense, yes, it really broke down. And you know, it 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 did get better as the season went along. But I look at this roster, and and while I I know that Carolina is never going to be known for their defense, like this is a this is a pro this is a program that is offensive is offensive minded. They want to score points. They want to put an entertaining product uh, on the court. But I think when you look at the way it's built from you know front court to back court, everything's there to be a really good defensive team because you've got the length. I think you've got the size. I think you've got the 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 physicality that you need on the perimeter to be all those types of things. Add in this year where you're hoping to see an expanded role from a you know Demarco Dunn. We've already mentioned you know Dontre Styles. Um, Puff Johnson, we 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 imagine Seth Trimble will factor in this rotation a little bit. Maybe yes. even Tyler Nickel. You're, I'm not saying I want these guys in foul trouble, 
but you can play more aggressive, or at least you're hoping you're hoping to. There's more depth. I mean, anybody can look. I mean, you look at this roster, and you can tell that yes, this is a much deeper team than a year ago. I mean, we've said it. The Iron Five strategy, man, that was great. They they made great T-shirts. I wear that one at least once a week. Same here, brother. But the problem is, is that that strategy is that going to work again? That's that rarely works to even get you to the point where you got last year. Like, that's the thing. If you look at everything that went into that run, it is truly amazing. Not not just, I mean, take out the eight seed, whatever. The fact that that team, the way it was constructed, got to the national championship and was leading by 15 at halftime is insane. Like, that's that. Uh, you, but you Well, I mean, need... it's, it's like I, I said after that Monday night. Yep. Six players can get you there because they got Carolina there. I don't think six players can win you that. And, look, that's that's the goal. The goal is to not just get there this year. The goal is to get back. And, and look, foul trouble really did play a factor in that second half. Yep. And they had to do some things differently the way they were, were guarding Remy Martin, you know, uh, Joseph Yesifu, you know, and that and that that allowed Ochai Abaji to get really more open and stuff like that. And it, you know, I think it's something where last year they were so dependent on what Leaky can do and was doing defensively. And we saw that in the title game. And he got in foul trouble, and it was good night. That and, was it. And so I think it's really something where, with the extra depth, you can afford to do some things. And I mean, don't look. Let's not act like Hubert Davis didn't try stuff early on. I mean, there were games where he was trying. You know, with the with, yeah. With the, the running trap, something I'm really big on, the scramble defense, trying to speed the game up, just wasn't very effective. Well, and it was a team that I think, look, you got to give them credit. That team definitely got better as the year went on defensively. Yes. They started learning, and there was a team that was growing um, from errors early in the season that left us scratching our head. I mean, we had podcast editions that were literally just, I mean, do you go back, listen to the Tennessee podcast. That was pretty much us just shredding the defense mm-hmm. because offensively they played they played very well. So, and I think look, I, I'm with you, man. I think they've they've got the stuff that you cannot teach. They've got the length, but we, I mean, we've said that about plenty of teams before. We say that all the time about the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> and it just it it. It doesn't seem to translate. With this team, it did. It did late in the year. You saw guys that were more confident. But the thing is, is you need that. And this is my thing. It just you need more consistency throughout well, from the it, whole team. But especially those guards. Like who is this guy? Because you're not going to have. You got one more year of Leaky Black. <laughs> Once Leaky is gone, we think we don't know. He may be. You never know. But <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. This is it for him. So when he's gone, you're not going to have that guy that is there for uh, to, to cover everyone's best player. Yeah, no, and take and, the pressure off of you. And, it's and the thing is, is also just real quick, what happens if he does end up getting hurt at some point? You've got to have other guys that can handle themselves defensively. Why, the capability why, why are you is talking there. The injury already. In, no, but it, what I'm saying is, if for some reason you don't have him out there, yeah, I know what you're. I mean, we've saw. We look. We saw some. I thought, and I said when he went out of the game in the national championship game, that was good night. That's not 
technically true because I thought Puff Johnson did some really good things. Some great things. But the problem is, is I don't know if is Puff Johnson a dude that's guarding. I don't. I don't think we did. We never saw Leaky on a five, right? Leaky could guard four to one to four easy. Yeah. I don't know if Puff Johnson is that guy. So you need you need your guards in that backcourt, primarily Caleb and RJ, to step up and defend. And I thought we we saw it multiple times in the ACC and NCAA tournament where they were making life hard on the guys they were going against. They're capable of it, but it's the consistency is the key. You've got to see it throughout the entire season. Everything that we talk about here. It all comes back to consistency because they've shown flashes of being able to do all this stuff. It's just, can you do that game in, game out? Well, and we talk about this all the time defensively in basketball. I mean, don't get me wrong, skill, technique, it matters. It comes down to energy, effort, and want to. And when they bought in defensively, like I'll, I'll never, I'll never get that that quote of Hubert Davis after after the Baylor game. And then leading into that UCLA game about wanting my guys, like if you if you push us, we'll push back. You kick us, we'll kick back. You fight us, we fight back. That was post Baylor with everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the Sweet Sixteen, and he goes, "I want fifteen guys that are that are looking for a fight." And he he's not meaning that in a literal sense, but we're going to bring the fight to you. And it's really hard to ask college kids to bring that fight for forty minutes defensively. But I I hope they look back and say, man, when we when we bought in from the time the ball tipped to that final horn on both ends of the court, we did some really big time things. We did some special things, and and hopefully that that really carries over into the season to where because as we talked about earlier this off season, this non conference slate isn't no slouch. Like you're you're playing some big time opponents. Yep. And if if you go out there and you take care of business, it's going to solidify your 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 position as being the favorite to win the national title. If you struggle and you lose more of those games than you win, you'll enter conference play with people like myself and and fans and the media still maybe thinking you're a national title team, but maybe wondering just how legitimate of a title contender you are. I think the the, the other thing that I really want to see them improve at, and, and look, it's it's really hard to say they they need to improve more because how much they improved their their field goal percentages. I mean, you saw a five percentage jump from overall from the field from Caleb Love, nine percent from behind the three point line. R.J. Davis was an eight percent overall from the field, also five percent from behind the three point line. They both got to shoot forty forty, and I think a lot of that really ties in with finishing at the rim. As you talked about, you know they were getting to the rim quite a lot, just weren't finishing a whole lot. But if they can shoot forty percent from the field, and overall I'd like that number to be forty-five percent or higher. I think with Caleb because he's just such a volume shooter, it's more realistic for RJ to be a forty-five forty guy. But if they're both forty yeah. forty guys, and then you're still getting the contributions from Armando Bacon on the interior, Pete Nance, whatever he's going to bring you. And then you're getting the guy, the scoring off the bench with with a Trimble and Nickel. I think Styles is going to be a guy ready to score in bunches this year. It's really going to take Carolina's offense, which Ken Palm wise ended out, you know, top fifteen, top twenty nationally from a very good offense to maybe one that's elite. Well, and again, it's it's just it goes back to what I was just saying. 
consistency mm-hmm. because we would see these guys have – and early in the season it was one really productive game, then go missing for two, then jump up and have a product. In the tournament, it was stretches, and then you would see guys sort of disappear. You need to be the same guy. And, and look, I'm not – when I say that, it doesn't mean, hey, man, if you have an off night – you ain't consistent enough. Right. No, everybody's going to have off nights. But for the most part, you've got to be that same guy every time that you step on the floor. It can't be, and we we hammered him for this early in the season. I forget which game was it where Caleb Love pretty much came out and said, yeah, I just, that first half, I just didn't bring it tonight. At Notre Dame. I, I mean, you cannot have that sort of, of mindset. You've got to be locked in every single game. Because I'm going to tell you, last year, you know, look, you look at the recent success that Carolina had had since Kobe White left campus. I'm not saying people were overlooking Carolina, but Carolina wasn't quite the same. Yep. It was a programming rebuild. Yeah. And... This is putting Carolina... What they did this past year put Carolina back on the map. You In, in terms of, you are going to get everybody's best game. So, you need to be consistent. And shooting-wise, that's one of the areas that they've got to get more consistent. Even in, the turn, even in the tournament, there were times where they just were not consistent enough for Carolina. I mean, it got them to the national championship. I know that sounds wild. But, I mean, you got to think, there there were just times where these guys would disappear and you would be left scratching your head. You cannot put that much pressure on Armando Baycott because, look, Armando ain't going to be surprising anybody this year. He is going to come in probably, I mean, either him or Oscar Shibway, the heavy, I mean, those two will be the heavy favorites to compete for Player of the Year, Naismith Trophy, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's not catching anybody off guard. We don't re- look, man. I think he has he has potential to be a really really good player. We don't really know a whole lot about Pete Nance, and we know what Leaky Black is. Leaky Black is a defense first guy that can jump up there and, and and give you some things sometimes. But there's other times where his scoring output isn't going to be there. You you guys have to be able to be that stable force for Carolina, along with Armando Baycott, because you don't have Brady Manick this year. So that's where you've got to step it up and take that take that jump offensively. Yeah, I, I think something that we didn't see quite enough last year was them both playing at a high level at the same time. It was kind of, as you mentioned, yes. like, it was like one in one stretch, one in the other. And, and I and I'm, I may be wrong on this, but because we don't know, and we didn't know last year what we were getting in Brady Manick, but as we sit here today, we don't know what we're getting in Pete Nance. Like you know what you got in Armando, but you also know that every time Armando gets the ball, he's gonna he's gonna get a double team, and it's and you're gonna have to he's gonna figure out how to play around that. They're gonna need this backcourt to to really carry them for. Uh, it's, it's so just it's such a backcourt driven game now as well that we need them to both play at a high level at the same time because when when those things did happen. Like in the second half at Duke, or you know, or, or stuff like that. For instance, it really took Carolina to a level where I'm not gonna say they were unbeatable, 
but it it really made it. We were damn near close. It was it was hard to beat them, no matter if it was you know in the Smith Center on the road or on a neutral court. And I guess this all really brings us to to the most important question: is does does Carolina's national title chances hinge wager depend on how much they improve their junior seasons? Yeah, I mean you you, you said it, man. If you you know, the backcourt's pretty much the most important part of the game now. Um, I think we all know that from watching modern basketball, and I think you really saw that in the NCAA tournament last year. When the guards took it to another level, Carolina was far more successful. Look, man, Armando Baycott is a heck of a college basketball player. He is a special college basketball player. There's no doubt about that. But you need your guards to be, I mean, for this team, you you need your guards to be one of your top three players. Mm-hmm. And and they need to, in order to get to where Carolina wants to go, they need to be able to take the next step. Because look, there are there are other teams in the country that got better. I mean, there there I mean, a lot of people really like Kentucky, Kansas. I mean, I'm not saying they got better from last year, but they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be pretty close to about the same level that they were a year ago. So you've got to be ready for those types of teams coming your way. And again, it's like I said, you're getting everybody's best game in, game out. So yes, in order for this team to get where they want to go, the guards are the most important part. Because my thing, my thing with it is, is there is a question mark about whether or not they can take that step forward. It's there. Whether you want to admit it or not, however, if you want to be positive about the season heading in, whatever. The biggest homer, you have to admit, hey, man, that is still a question mark. Can they take it to the next step? I'm not Armando Baycott, man, he's going to be Armando. We know what he's going to bring. It's the guards that are the question with this team. Yeah, and and so I, I do think. Look, it's it's a it's a guard driven game altogether. It's 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 really heightened in March when when you know the teams that have guards and the ones that don't they usually go very far. And if you go back and you watch that second half when Kansas's guards made the plays that they were making, the Remy Martins, the Yes a of the world, and stuff like that, it's why they were able to overcome the deficit. And so, while Carolina, you know, does need to stay healthy, they they need to be a better defensive team. They need Armando Baycott to clean the glass. They need to do all those things at the same level, if not a higher level, than they did last year. If Carolina's going to win the national championship, it's going to be because what you're getting from Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, because that's that's just how it works here. I mean, you you don't you 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 talk about oh five, you had Raymond Felton, Rashad McCants taking massive steps in their games. Yep. 09, it was Lawson and Wayne Ellington, a little bit of Danny Green, taking massive steps in their games. 17, Joel Berry became a All-ACC, All-American type of type of player, the heart and soul, the face of the program. And as much as Armando Baycott's going to get the NIL and he's going to be the public figure, you're going to see him on the Outer Banks show and all that great stuff. Wait, is no, I don't think he is. I think it was a conflict with uh, with practice. I don't think I don't no, think it's going to be off inexcusable. There. He could have gotten an in, off day. He could have got, got a vet day. I think he's in one episode. If I if I heard this right, I could be wrong on this, but I if I heard this right, he's only going to be in one episode 
because they had to move filming back for some reason. So unfortunately, I don't know if we'll see a ton of them in that show, but still. I'm heartbroken. So whenever we turn the broadcast on, look, everyone's going to mention the stats that Armando Baycott compiled last year, tying the NCAA record for most double-doubles and all that stuff. I'm going to tell people wherever we're hanging out watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'll, our, just, I'll our, just read them out. You my know? house, your house, and, and work? Okay. Uh, we'll, that could be a whole lot of people we'll be talking to. A bar, maybe? Nah. Nah, we're too lazy. So whenever they, you know, they're going through that and they highlight the players, it's still going to come back to Love and Davis. And and so, yeah, I, I really do think that if, if these guys do take that step we're talking about, and look, that question is there because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, so... So, yes, I, even I can admit that this question does exist. And I do think that if we're talking about this team being in the Final Four, playing on Monday night, and ultimately, hopefully, cutting down the nets, it will be because we saw these two guys really take their game to the next level. And that's what I, uh, you, as much as, and everybody else, a part of, of Tar Heel Nation, are hoping for. So, guys, with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings ahead of week three of the NFL season. And then when we come back, some closing notes and final thoughts on today's edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdown, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys have taken great offers, or taken advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, as well as the NFL and college football seasons are in full swing. So we got three things we need to go over in our closing notes portion of today's show. I didn't write this down because I, I didn't want to get mad when I was typing, but um, it, it was announced yesterday that the ACC is moving its headquarters out of Greensboro. They are going to relocate to Charlotte, something that's been talked about really since Jim Phillips got the job. And it was really a formality that came to its ultimate conclusion yesterday. And the good news is is that... Settle down. I see the the vein in your head. Greensboro is still going to be a part of the ACC tournament rotation, according to Jim Phillips. The problem is, is that this do you is still believe, a bad. Do you believe him? No, I, I do. I, I think eventually his goal was to have the ACC tournament in Charlotte, maybe in Atlanta, Maryland again, or Washington D.C. some years, and then up north in Brooklyn or Bar or uh, the or the Garden. Please I, I, God, I, please God, no! Look, man, I love the Garden as a Nick fan. It's the Big as East a tournament. Home. Fan. Come on, man! Don't put it in there. 
Uh, Barclays Center is awful. Oh, my God. It is terrible. You should see the turnout from last year and just say, no way. Washington, D.C., I, I get it because you want to get the Virginia markets. And it's the last place we won the ACC tournament. But come on, man. You, you've got – if you take away Greensboro, I'm telling you, like there's not much to believe in with Jim Phillips. If you take that away, I think, at that, I think at that point – you will have lost most of the people that support the well, ACC, and, and so and and, and look, there he's going to tell you, and people in college athletics are going to tell you that this, from a financial standpoint, was a no-brainer decision. And it's like I've pushed back ever since this this, this discussion became a topic. You don't sell out Bank of America Stadium for your ACC football championship game, no matter who's in the building, even if Clemson's here. It's not a sold-out venue. And when well, you, people are tired of watching the other team usually get beat down by. Kansas. I don't care. Uh, and then for the ACC tournament, if Duke and Carolina, or, or at least one of them, aren't in the semifinals, which believe it or not, that that has happened in this expanded conference and the uncertainty that this tournament has provided the last couple of years, you can't even fill out your ACC tournament. And you guys know how I feel about the ACC tournament. It is. The best conference tournament there is in college basketball it has the most history, so I, I I get it on the surface of money, but you're turning your back on a place where the ACC was started and formed in a little hotel in Greensboro, and it's just really it really just shows the lack of awareness, and it's the biggest thing that we lack in, in college athletics today is no one values history, tradition, and pageantry. Nope, all about that that almighty dollar. We value it here at the Four Corners podcast. Um and, and so that's going you know, we we are we are going to we are going to be caretakers of not just Carolina basketball as that is what we focus on here. Of of ACC basketball and our history, our tradition, and our oranges or or, or yeah. That's right. That's right. Hey, if we see Jim Phillips in the street, we might give him a dirty look because we have to protect our jobs. Yeah. There we go. That's right. But it will be a stern, mean look. And we will uh well what else can we do to him? We got to harass him in some way. I'll give him the bird. Eh. That might be too borderline. But uh so there there's that um that's just my thoughts. I'm not going to go as as in depth as as I. Oh, that could be that could be an hour. That could be an hour long podcast. Um, a a few other things. The number one player in the 2024 class, Ian Jackson, he will visit Carolina on November 11th when Carolina hosts the College of Charleston, a big time recruit for Hubert Davis and his staff. And usually, these type of things in recent memory they've gone well for Carolina, where they host a recruit. They don't usually always commit, but it does usually help their chances of landing that 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 certain recruit because they've done a good job of really enhancing their hosting experience. And lastly, guys, if you got fat stacks all, off those winnings from DraftKings, team-signed basketballs, they will go on sale on October 1st, and you can visit GoHeels.com for more, for more information about, about buying uh, this year's editions of team-signed hoops. You can't. You're not allowed because uh, you have spent too much money, an exorbitant amount. Uh, I I have gone a little cray the last month or so. Can we also tell this story on here? You spent two hundred forty dollars on gear for a soccer team that you have given up on. Yeah, after not not, not my even finest two hour. Um, so a team that's in for a team that's at excuse me excuse me 
Not in first place. Atop the table. Atop the table. If there are any Arsenal um, <laughs> English Premier League soccer supporters. This is shameless. I've I've got gear, and I'm willing to sell it. I've got the kit from 2021-22. I've got a hat. I've got a I've got a, another shirt and a jacket that I've never worn. What? That I am a job ja- oh, no. that I that I am willing to sell to you at a discounted price. <laughs> you can slide into my DMs, hit me up on Facebook, whatever, and I will get it to you and we will all get taken care of. It was a Russian judgment on my part. Trying to prove somebody wrong, which I did prove him wrong to a certain degree. Uh, then I proved him right because football season got here, and the Mets are closing in on a on an NL East title and a playoff berth. Excuses, and I just didn't have time for for the beautiful game. But uh, if you do have any interest in, in in acquiring some Arsenal gear, let me know, and I'll get you squared away. Also, if you want to write for the site, just send us. A oh yeah, too. <laughs> um, why not? We'll plug that here. With that, guys, though, we are going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before we let you go, we encourage you guys to go to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where this weekend we'll be getting you ready and taking you through the Notre Dame game. Anthony will have a preview of the game, has also keys to a Carolina victory. Then in the postgame, we'll have a recap. We'll have Ashton's analysis. We'll have the stock report. Then we'll have my trench report as well as we're trying to keep you as informed as Carolina looks to go 4-0. and with, with with a home date this weekend against the Irish. As for basketball, you're starting to see some things kind of sprinkle in on the site basketball-wise. Ashton is going to be doing feature articles on all, on all five starters that we'll be putting up there. I've got an article or two that I'm going to write, some opinionated stuff, as we get you ready for the start of practice and the start of the overall season before we start doing all of our great preview stuff which leads us now to the podcast where we encourage you guys to rate review and subscribe you can find us on every on every major podcasting platform just simply search the four corners podcast and we will pop up review my job review anthony's job as well but most importantly we encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button because as we're getting ready for the season i'll be bringing on all the big time guests to talk about this team and then once the season is here as we have done the last year or so, individual game previews and recaps as we'll take you for through through the basketball season with wall-to-wall coverage. This is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me? want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.